Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Unbranded reveals the true interdependence of man, animal, and nature. A 3,000-mile gauntlet through five states that is indescribable and unforgiving. 16 Mustangs, four men, one dream to ride border to border from Mexico to Canada up the spine of the American West. The documentary Unbranded tracks four fresh out-of-college buddies as they take on the wild Mustangs to their trusted mounts and set on the adventure of a lifetime. We're joined today by the director of Unbranded, and that would be Philip Baraboo. Philip, welcome to Film School. Or do you prefer Phil? Is it Phil or Philip? Uh, yeah, you, Phil is fine. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Okay. All right, Phil. <laughs> How you doing? I am great. Couldn't be better right now. Well, now, wh- why don't you just go ahead and tell our audience what, what you just told me seconds ago. Well, as of last night, we were officially released um, in theaters, and then today, also on iTunes. And right now, we are number one on the charts for iTunes documentaries, and we are absolutely freaking out right now. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it is. Oh, you did a great job uh, of telling this story. Uh, congratulations to you. Um, it is a thank you. It is a beautiful film to look at, as you, as I'm sure our audience can imagine, taking a trip through the wilds of of Western America, through canyons and and along rivers and and all of it, beautiful. And 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 you're the co cinematographer on the film. Uh, give us uh, give the yep. credit. Go give credit to the other cinematographers on this on this film. Uh, his name is Corey Kazmierich. And um, I went to film school with them at Montana State University, and we've, for the last 10 years, kind of been on the same path and working on similar projects, and it was a perfect team for, for him and I to, to do this together. Well, let's start at the beginning. What, where did the, the idea for this, uh, f- well, where did the idea for doing the, what these four guys, Ben Masters, John Fitzsimmons, uh, Thomas Glover, and Ben Thamer, what came first, the chicken and the eggs thing? Did they decide to do this, uh, and then you said, "I'll I'll make a movie about it," or did you, they? Did, well, how did it come about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the quick story is Ben Masters is uh, he's the mastermind be, behind the entire trip and the leader. He took a trip in 2010 riding um, horses along the Continental Divide Trail. Um, so, a very long trip, and. At that time, they were still in school, didn't have a lot of money, so they adopted some wild Mustangs because they're so cheap to adopt. And what he learned on that ride is is these Mustangs outperformed all of his other horses just because of how they could handle, you know, riding in the backcountry and in, in the mountains and just how how strong of horses they were. And so he looked more into the into the Mustangs in general and found this problem of how many are in captivity and the whole struggle in the West. And just at heart, Ben Masters is is a crazy adventure. So, of course, he wanted to go on a bigger ride, and he thought by adopting all wild Mustangs, he could really present the issue to everyone. 
So anyways, he's just started calling around looking for outdoor filmmakers around the West because all these guys are in Texas. And he came across my name, um, completely called me out of the blue, told me this wild idea of riding Mustangs across America. And my first response was, that sounds like an awesome adventure. I want to be a part of it, but I don't know how to ride a horse. So <laughs> that was that was the first conversation we had. But um, Ben doesn't really, I mean, he's not really scared of anything, and he's just, He's like, as long as you can handle yourself in the backcountry, you can camp and all these things for five months, that's all I care about, and I'll teach you how to ride. So literally, Corey and I, from no horse background, were thrown into this thing, and um, I will say the first month was, I mean, the whole trip was brutal, but especially the first month. So that's kind of how it came about, is entirely, you know, this guy's ride that approached us and wanted us to tell their story. Oh, okay. and can't really pass up an opportunity to ride a horse across the country and get that chance so well given i mean i'm looking i've looked at your background you you do have a a background in outdoor film work in the past right so but it was i the, was it the writing part or was it the just the general experience of every day being sort of camped out somewhere in the middle of nowhere what was the more difficult for you and for them what was the most challenging thing about sort of you know you can parse that if you want yourself and then what was it for the for the four guys that made it uh, such a grueling right. enterprise yeah i mean for us it was by far the the horses um you know, I mean, it was definitely tough to, you know, it was long days. It was waking up early, going to bed late on top of we had to saddle our own horses, set up our own camp and all that stuff. And um, But what was tr- tough is is relying on, on horses to try to tell the story, you know, like trying to ride ahead of the group to get shots or doing different things. Like, you're depending on your horse. And sometimes, especially for us, we're not, we weren't very good riders. We learned as we went, but the horses wouldn't always do what you want them to do. And when you're trying to get a shot and you're also dealing with your horse, it makes it extremely difficult. So that was, that was probably the biggest challenge. And, and I would say for the guys, you know, they liked having us around. We, by far, we were all a team and we got along really great, but you know, every day was an average of 20 miles a day, 10 to 12 hours a day on a horse. And, you know, every time that we ask him to stop so we can run ahead to get up on this cliff to get this beautiful shot, that's just, like, adds time till we get to camp. Yeah. And, you know, after a while, that, that starts being tiring. And in the mornings when they wake up in their sleeping bag and they've got a camera in their face asking how they feel today, you know, sometimes that, was, that you know, wasn't that enjoyable. <laughs> and the guys had their grumpy moments with us and back and forth. But, you know, we kind of found that happy medium of just, like, we we didn't want to interrupt the ride. We didn't stage anything, and we tried to just literally, like, most of the time we just have to run and let them keep riding so that we didn't, you know, hold them up too much. So well, well, those were those are probably the biggest challenges. Yeah, well, Phil, the results are terrific. It's, it is really a beautiful film to, uh, to look at. You, you can kind of see this that national geographic uh, background in your in your ability to shoot beautiful shots uh really thank you yeah really nicely done um and you along with uh cory uh yep 
And also, the, you were able to, you know, tease out uh, personalities uh, in, in all these guys. I'm sure they're, they're, they seem like pretty outgoing guys. They seem like they genuinely liked one another. Um, and they definitely seemed to be of, an, of uh, you know, the horse culture. It, it, everybody in the film right. is, is very, it yeah. seems a very collegial kind of environment for everyone involved. They're very much a supportive group of people around and that's that's at least the impression that comes across in unbranded sure is that yeah yeah i mean everybody yeah i mean Go ahead. yeah i mean they all grew up in texas i mean all all of them even if they're you know tom grew up in houston and city and stuff but had a ranch and rode horses but they all as kids were just like dreamed of growing up and being cowboys and doing something like this so well what was what were yeah now, so so again let's talk a little bit I don't think we've really zeroed in on on exactly this is a 3000 mile and I think it's safe to call it a gauntlet that you rode from from the border of Mexico right to where where yes from We started in Arizona yeah and um yeah we were right on the border uh near Patagonia um Arizona and then rode the Arizona trail um you know bent Ben took two years to map out the route. He, he put us through the most beautiful areas in the West, but also the most gnarly, treacherous, difficult, you know, mountainous regions. So, you know, there was a lot of times we could go around, which would have been faster, but he, he chose to do, like, you know, through the mountains in the rugged areas. And so, you know, we hit all Yellowstone Park. We ended um, in Montana right through Glacier National Park, and right after Glacier is the Canadian border. So, I mean, it was an amazing stretch, like, really incredible job what he did mapping that out. And, um, you know, it was it was really what was in between all those places because he, he put it all on, on public land as much as possible, you know, Forest Service land, BLM, uh, parks, and um, it was those areas in between you've never heard about mm-hmm. that, that – I think I found, and we all found the most beautiful, and there wasn't many people, and you know, incredible fly fishing, and all these different things. So, for me, I live in Montana, but I got to see all these areas that I would never have been to otherwise. Yeah. So um, the route was, yeah, was pretty amazing. We're speaking with uh, the director and co-cinematographer of uh, this wonderful new documentary called Unbranded, and that would be Philip Barabo. Yep, and I I want and let's I mean in in addition to being a great adventure, there was a there was an overriding purpose to why Ben decided to do what he did. To, uh, talk a little right. bit about the wild horses. There's uh and and sort of the plight uh, in the American West for hor- wild horses in general. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean. It was a real difficult story. He he made the decision of using Mustangs, wanted to bring awareness to people that there's 50,000 of these horses in holding facilities waiting to be adopted. There's 50,000 of them on, on our public land. And there's a battle out there right now between, you know, advocates, ranchers, the BLM, and, um, and, and wildlife. And so... We wanted to tell the story, why is there 50,000 in holding facilities, and, and, and work from there. And, and it's such a complex 
story, it was really difficult to try to incorporate that and try to weave that story into the ride. But what was important to us is um, we didn't want to come in at, at any side. Um, and for me, since I didn't have a background in Mustangs or horses, um, and our team, I, I think it gave us the ability to um, to basically interview and, and really learn everyone's take on it. And what we found is everyone cares about these horses. Everyone cares about our wildlands and, and wildlife. Um, they just need to they need to find a way to meet in the middle, and it's probably the same for every issue so i feel I, i'm proud that i feel like we accomplished that yeah and uh i hope i hope to the general public they just see that we we didn't do this movie to to give the solution we don't have the solution mm-hmm. you know we have we have a bunch of guys that they did their job to adopt these animals bring them back into the wild and show that they're incredible animals so mm-hmm. we just wanted to bring up awareness to just the general public and get people talking and, and hopefully to try to find solutions. I thought it was very even-handed. I thought, because I have heard from from people that I know, you know, the BLM, oh, they're the embodiment of evil, this, that, and the other thing. And then watching the movie, yeah. I, I didn't have that impression. I really thought what the things that were said in the film, uh, I think the overriding concern seems to be they everyone cares about the fate of these horses, and now we have to figure yeah. out what's how we're going to get there. But it does seem yeah. that overpopulation is the the thing that's driving this issue as much as anything else is, uh, because right. creating situations where overgrazing occurs, etc. So how do we get there? And I yeah. think Ben, with his with his you know uh, notion, his his with the reason for this ride to encourage adoption is certainly one of what could be many avenues to pursue in helping these on these horses um i want to point out that uh, you can find out a lot about uh, this uh, issue as well as just about the film go to unbrandedthefilm.com unbrandedthefilm.com and you're also you're opening in los angeles in the los angeles area you're opening all over it's kind of cool to see where you're opening places like Yep. You know, Durango, Colorado, you know, uh, T- Houston, T- Dallas, Texas, Casper, Wyoming, Phoenix, Arizona, yep. a lot of places where horse culture is a part of a big part of what you are uh, you're exploring in this film. But here in Southern California uh, at the Beverly Hills, uh, the Ar- Arya uh, Fine Arts Theater at the Lemley Playhouse 7 in Pasadena, the Claremont uh, theater uh, Lemley Claire, Claremont in um, obviously Claremont, also up in Lancaster uh, mm-hmm. at the at the Boulevard Cinemas, and so keep an eye out for it. Also down in San Diego, but it's opening all over the country. Uh, you know, over the next you know whatever however many weeks you'll be opening, and where else? So you mentioned iTunes. Tell us where else in addition to iTunes people could watch Unbranded. Um, you can go right on our website uh-huh. and, uh, you know, download the link to watch it from there, iTunes. Um, okay. You know, fr- from there, I-, I actually don't know all the different, you okay. know, on, well, go on to demand the- platforms, but those are the two main, for okay. sure. Yeah, go go to the... Uh- Go to the uh, website and you can find out about it. But if you can see it in a theater, because as I said, it's just a it it's a great travel log. It's a great way to see so much of the American West that in in parts of it, as as you said, you had you know if you're familiar enough with it, but hadn't seen a lot of what you uh, you traveled uh, traveled through in your in your journey. So it's uh, it's a remarkable looking film. Um, in terms of just 
maybe not so much about the wild horses, the Mustangs, but were there other things that came up in your journey uh, that were encouraging, troubling, access to public land? Uh, are there are there things that you, as as a filmmaker and as a citizen, are thinking? Well, you know, we should we really should be careful because things are happening in the American West that we need to know more about. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, it's kind of another big big reason Ben did this, was to show, I don't think a lot of Americans know how much public land we have right now, you know, outside of parks and stuff like this. Like, you know, we, I was 90% of that ride we did from Mexico to Canada was on public land. And so he, I think he wanted to show that and show that it's important to, to keep it, you know. And um, I think that was the biggest thing is I didn't even realize how much there was and that you could do something like this. So I, I believe in that same thing. And, yeah. you know, he hopes his kids and down the line can do something like this and that it's there. So all those things are worth worth protecting along with. And the horses kind of incorporates into that, you know, and just a lot of these areas that have droughts. And, yeah. and with the wildlife, it's, it's just difficult to have these, like, populations like that and it's the struggle between all the wildlife so yeah i think that's how the the mustangs play into the whole thing so i i I think the figure i remember from the film is 600 million acres of public land uh in the united states i believe uh yes and uh that's a lot now i mean we i know the government does lease it out for oil and some other things and but there's one particular small segment in the film where you, you're trying to get across some privately owned land, which uh, by Ben's account was like a quarter of a mile, which would have allowed right. you, that was, uh, that had to really hurt. I imagine that part, when you were, when you were getting the news that you couldn't use it, must have just taken the wind, <laughs> wind out of your sail. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And that wasn't, that wasn't anything negative no. on the ranch. No. You know, I, I, I hope that doesn't come across that way, which it probably, it could. Well, well watch the movie, but it was more it was, it was more to bring up the point of like to do a journey like that today compared to you know two hundred years ago or even hundred years ago, yeah when you know when the settlers settled the west it's yeah like of course they 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 settled on the land these like valleys and all these areas that were easy to go through, and it just shows you that you know what what is left is all the the mountainous areas that so it it was more to bring up the point of like to do a journey like that today compared to a hundred years ago oh yeah no i didn't i'm not trying to disparage the or you know the 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 landowner in that in that but well actually kind of seemed a little <laughs> a little churlish to not let uh, you know guys ride across his land i mean i i'm sure he explained right. explained everything that, that was going on to him i just kind of seemed it did seem a little Sorry, but we won't dwell on that. Yeah. Well, let's move on. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was tough. It was, it was, you know, what could take you five minutes and then take me half a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I guess. Yep. I came across it a little bit that way. But anyway, it, it, again, coming back to the four guys, uh, and I'll, I'll mention them again because I, I really, they, they seem like, you know, you don't want to hang out with these guys. They just seem pretty... Pretty cool, pretty uh, pretty funny at times, you know, and and such. And I just thought they they just seemed, yeah, it just seemed like good guys. Ben Masters, Johnny Fitzsimmons, 
uh, Thomas Glover and Ben Thamer uh, is the the core group here. Uh, heartbreaking to see the plight of the some of the horses. Just I mean, wild horses in general. Uh, but a lot of infrastructure, a lot of support, a lot of a support system um, in the film, you know, the, the veterinarians and the people who care about what's going on with them. And um, that's good to see. And I think that's a positive part of, of the film of Unbranded is you see there are people, a lot of people who really do care about what happened. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I just want to, as we wrap up, I just want to say once again that, uh, as you announced at the top of the interview, uh, Philip Barbo, that, uh, Barbo, pardon me, that uh, the uh, film Unbranded uh, is number one documentary on iTunes, uh, and uh, that's a fantastic day in the life of a filmmaker, I'm sure. How many, how long did you work on this for, uh, Philip? Um, up until today, it's been two and a half years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a beast. Everything about it was a beast. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, I'm sure you had a lot of footage, so you had to go through that and the editing. How long did it take to edit it down to what, what when you were happy with what you had? Um, so we had, we had close to 500 hours of footage. Mm-hmm. Um, our editor was very thorough he made sure he watched every single second of it uh and so in the end it took i think nine months to edit Uh, yeah uh, uh, he had a very very difficult job and he did it so what was what was your role were you standing over his shoulder the whole time or did what what, how where did you come into the editing process on this were you were you there um for the initial time i like i wanted to give him his space to just to just figure out, not figure out the story himself. Like, I knew the main things that happened on the trail, you know, like going through the Grand Canyon, the horse falling off the cliff, like different things like we knew would make it. Yeah. But I wanted him, and I knew the story between the four guys and the struggle between them and them, you know, coming to age story, all these different things. But I really wanted to give him some space to kind of see what he could pull out of it. And then when he started kind of, you know, our first initial cut was about five hours long, and hmm. and then, uh, you know, I, I'm also an editor, so, you know, we had such an amount of footage, and, and I had to actually, you know, dive in there myself and help edit some scenes, and, and really, you know, I, I didn't want to be over his shoulder, but we basically worked worked together on it, and then the Mustang, once we had the ride together, we had to weave in this Mustang story, so him and I really worked hard on how, how to incorporate two of those. Well, it's a nice balance. You got you got the story of the Mustangs in, and you also did a nice job of telling the story of this ride and the challenges you faced. And uh, one last question for you, Philip um, Barabo: yep. the, the uh, what have you learned as a filmmaker? As as in doing your your next project, you may already be working on your next project. But what what's the takeaway on something like this? You're so f- completely and personally invested in it, like like you were. Tell me a little bit what you took away from this experience. Uh, I would say because this is my first feature film, um, I've I've shot a lot of reality yeah. television, mm-hmm. um, and you know, a lot of it. Some of it is staged. I don't want to give it anything away to reality. No, come on. My, my goal, my goal <laughs> in this was, we do not want to stage anything. Like, yeah. let's be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Let's you know try to get these guys to feel as natural around us as possible so we really can cover the story. 
And I think the hardest part is, you know, when you're out in the woods for months on end, and you're capturing hours and hours of footage, sometimes you get lost in it, and you're like, what are we, what are we doing out here? What is the story? Like, sometimes you don't see because you're filming so much, and the guys, it's like, it's a hard job. It's not just a vacation out there. So we're, <laughs> as a filmmaker, you're, you're expecting all these great moments all the time of these guys reflecting of the beauty and how it's changing their lives and all this stuff, and on the whole, you're not seeing it all the time, but when you go back and go through the footage and then they're actually, it is there, you just have to really look for them. And, and, um, and so I'm just, I'm happy that we captured what we did without staging anything and really just let these guys be themselves. And, and the story came, came through. And so it was, it was once the edit was finally done is when it all clicked, like, wow, we really did capture a story there because yeah. there were so many times that I'm riding for hours and hours a day. And I'm like, I just didn't know what we were doing out there, and <laughs> you get lost. So I think I'm going to take that away. with. And then it's also tracking what you think could turn into a story. So yeah. you can't film all day, every day. It's like, okay, I see this struggle starting with Johnny and Ben. I'm going to follow that. Um, anything new, like, Ben Thamer gets a donkey, like, let's really cover that. Like, anything yeah. to keep the, the momentum going. And um, so I'm going to take that with me, and I think Corey as well, for, for our next film. And our, actually, we have our next film is on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's called Charged, and it's a survival story on this guy named Eduardo Garcia. And so we have eight days left, so anybody wants to get on our Kickstarter and look up Charged, you'll, you'll see this really inspirational story. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Film School. Philip Bar- Barabu, the uh, director, co-cinematographer on the number one documentary on iTunes, uh, and that would be Unbranded. You can go to unbrandedthemovie.com to find out more and, and about the screenings and where you, how you can watch it. Phil, thank you so much for being a part of Film School. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.